Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you are all very well. Um, And we greet you on what is a gorgeous day here in Tulsa. Um, We, uh, I think I want to jump right into it, because yesterday I began um, reading the printout of the talk from the Rome Life Forum of Father Linus Clovis, the title of which is Reforming Our Lives According to Our Lady's Call at Fatima. Father Clovis um, outlined her call, her appearance to the children, her request for the consecration of Russia, and that has not happened to this day. Um, As he explained, and he says, the consequences of disregarding the Fatima message in the July apparition Our Lady clearly and unequivocally spelled out the consequences of disregarding her mandate. If Russia is not consecrated, she will spread her errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecution of the Church. And of course, we have and are experiencing that. So, um, hold on just a moment. Okay. Uh, the consequences of not consecrating Russia. The world has been consecrated, but Russia was not specifically mentioned. It was not done in union with the bishops. It did not fulfill Our Lady's request, and we are suffering the consequences of it. Um, The reason I mentioned yesterday that I really want to uh, go through Father Linus's talk is that... um, he really, of all the talks at the Rome Life Forum, he tells us what to do, how to um, uh, how to reform our lives, and according to Our Lady of Fatima, uh, which you know, most of you know, uh, is an approved apparition of the Church. Now we never have to; we're not bound to believe. Uh, apparitions, even if they're approved by the church, we're not we're not bound to follow um, uh, their messages, but they are our Lord's messages through Our Lady uh, from heaven, and we ignore them at great peril. And so, then Father Clovis uh, speaks about the situation in Russia, and he said, at the time of Our Lady's appearance in 1929. Now, this is. This is past 1917 when she again appeared to Lucia and um, uh, said it's time now to make that consecration, but again, it hadn't been done. And so Father Clovis says, at the time of Our Lady's appearance in 1929, the Russian Revolution was over and communism was firmly established. It was not in 1917, but it was by 1925. Firmly established with Stalin in power, pursuing a war against religion in Russia. Christmas and Easter were replaced with New Year's Day and May Day, respectively. Sunday was abolished, 
and a six-day week was operative in what was now officially known as the USSR, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. Only state marriages were recognized, and divorce and abortion were legalized. According to Bella Dodd, Stalin, and Bella had been part of the Communist Party and has since uh, converted to Catholicism, blessed be God, but she was... um, very much a part of it back then. According to Stella Dodd, um, Stalin had laid uh, and was already implementing plans, implementing plans to infiltrate the Catholic Church. In the aftermath of the Second World War, unbelievable concessions were made to communist Russia as as the Iron Curtain was drawn across many Catholic countries in Europe. The Soviets took full advantage of the situation, and by the 1960s, the communist influence extended over much of Africa and South America and stretched across the Middle East to Southeast Asia. Why am I reading all this? It's not to give you a history lesson, but to, sh- to show us the consequences of um, ignoring Our Lady's messages. Very, very serious. They're from God. They're from God to us. He tells us throughout, I just a little aside here on my, my own here, that throughout the Old Testament, God has always sent a warning before his chastisements. He's always sent a warning. Ezekiel speaks about it. Jonah speaks about it. Um, all of it. He, Jesus speaks about it. Um, he said it'll be just like in the days of Noah if we don't repent. Um, so he's been giving us a warning. He's, he came through Our Lady at the Incarnation. He's never stopped coming through her to us. And, um, Father, uh, Linus says, although Our Lady's, sometimes I call him Father Linus, sometimes Father Clovis, uh, but it's Father Linus Clovis, a magnificent holy priest of God. He says, although Our Lady's request was only partially fulfilled, she nevertheless obtained significant tokens by which the popes would be encouraged to proceed to full compliance. On a, a 31st of October, 1942, and on the 8th of December, 1942, Pope Pius XII consecrated the world, but not Russia, explicitly to the Immaculate Heart. I'll tell you, for me, beloved, this is a, for good holy popes to not comply with Our Lady's request is such a mystery to me. It's such a mystery to me why that would not be done why they would take it lightly or do it in their own way and not the way Our Lady suggested. It's it's absolutely a mystery. And Father Clovis says this resulted, um, again, in the lack of consecration of Russia, resulted in World War II being shortened because, again, he consecrated the world but not Russia explicitly. In his apostolic letter... um, and it would be uh, from July 7th, 1952, Sacro Vergente Anno, um, July 7th, 1952, Pope Pius XII consecrated Russia, but without the participation of the bishops. So again, it wasn't what Our Lady asked. Pope Paul VI 
on the last day of the third session of Vatican II, consecrated the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, but there was no mention of Russia. Additionally, the bishops looked on, but they did not join in the act of consecration. On um, And on June 7, uh, 1981, Pope John Paul II consecrated the world, but again, not Russia explicitly to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and repeated this act of consecration at Fatima on the 13th of May, 1982. While John Paul's consecration of the world to the Immaculate Heart on the 25th of March, 1984, was in union with the world's bishops, it failed to make Russia the specific object of the consecration. I I tell you... uh, if I were God, I'd be exasperated. Well, if I were God, I would not be anything I imagine because he's God and I'm not. However, this consecration seems to have contributed to the fall of the Iron Curtain five years later. Pope John Paul's last attempt was an entrustment of the world to Mary in the presence of 1,500 bishops, but again, without any mention of Russia. Uh, you know, I've I've heard this from Father uh, Clovis. I've read it. I've heard it from others, but it it just astounds me each time that I read it. Father Clovis says, thus, despite the good intentions and the consecrations performed by Popes Pius the Twelfth, Paul the Sixth, and John Paul the Second, Evans' explicit request for the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary has not been carried out. And then he goes to the situation in the West. In his 1961 Apostolic Constitution, uh, Humanae Salutis, Pope John XXIII wrote of the rise and growth of a clergy better equipped in learning and virtue, of laity more conscious of its responsibilities, and of living in one of the most glorious periods of church history, which is so bright, uh, vibrant, and um, with fatality. Those are the words of Pope John the Twenty-Third. He then pursued plans to summon the Second Vatican Council, which he said would be a new Pentecost for our times. By 1984, the West had already adopted and embraced Russia's errors. See this. By 1984, the West had already adopted and embraced Russia, Russia, Russia's errors by living in what can only be described as a state of practical atheism. Uh, we'll continue after the break, beloved. I, I could have started at the end, which is our marching orders, but I think uh, taking us through this uh, has a greater Uh, gives us a greater understanding of our place in history and of our mission. So we'll continue right after the break. And after the second break, we'll take your calls, your emails, and your your texts. Uh, Our toll-free number to call in is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. The Catholic Current on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. The role of a father is to treat his daughter like a princess so that she'll expect her husband to treat her like a queen. Father, you just, you said it so well there. I think you're right. Oh my goodness, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I have been an I, That's so unlike me. <laughs> Tune in weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross and iCatholic Radio for The Catholic Current, bringing Christ to the world and the world to Christ. Are you ready for full-contact Catholicism? This is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show. Each weekday, we're talking about the things that matter to Catholics, spiritual warfare, Marian devotion, tradition, and staying strong in your faith in this culture of death. I hope you will join us. Give us a call during the show at 888-526-2151. It's the Terry and Jesse Show, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, heard around the world on the iCatholic Radio app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. Good to be with you. Uh, I'm Mother Miriam Live, and I'm going to continue uh, with the talk that Father Linus Clovis gave at the Rome Life Forum a couple of weeks back, and it is Reforming Our Lives According to Our Lady's Call at Fatima. And the reason I love this talk I mentioned before the break is because Father uh, Clovis uh, gives us uh, perfect marching orders to reform our lives in the midst of of this epidemic that's going on today. And so um, uh, I'm going to continue reading from where we, where we took off. Um, and Father says, um, uh, we were up to the, the point, we just passed the point of uh, speaking about John Paul XXIII, who believed that we were in the greatest period of history and uh, it would be uh, that Vatican II would bring a new Pentecost. And then uh, it goes on to say, by 1984, the West had already adopted and embraced Russia's errors by living in what can only be described as a state of practical atheism. This practical atheism manifested itself in the form of hedonistic materialism, family breakdown, divorce, 
widespread contraception and the legal sanctioning of the sins that cry to heaven for vengeance, namely abortion and sodomy. These manifestations of atheism are poignantly described in St. Paul's censure in Second Timothy of having a form of godliness but denying its power. Even more devastating was the degree, the degree to which some church leaders actively and knowingly contributed to the aforementioned evils. Almost overnight, the news of the sex abuse scandals, the revelations of financial malfeasance, and the consequences of theological dissent overwhelmed the church. In the words of Paul VI, the smoke of Satan had certainly entered the temple of God, and what was gradually becoming visible was the apostasy at the top, which had been spoken of by those who had read the third secret. The Pachamama incident alone would have been sufficient provocation, one would have thought, for heaven to call the world to repentance by means of this global pandemic, COVID-19. And then, Finally, Father Clovis goes on to the situation in the church. Writing in the February 1958 edition of Cataclismo, Brazilian Catholic thinker Plino Correa de Oliveira, Oliveira prophetically asked, Could one not say that the enemy is stronger than ever and that the age um, Illuminati at the age the Illuminati of days gone by dreamed of is upon us? Are we not indeed in an age of stark and total scientific naturalism that is dominated by materialistic technology? Are we not in the age of a ferociously egalitarian universal republic that has somewhat philanthropic and humanitarian, humanitarian inspiration and from which will be swept all remnants of supernatural religion? Is it not, in fact, communism? Is it not also here that lies the danger by which Western society, supposedly anti-communist, will slip toward the realization of this ideal? I probably have to read that over to to slow it down and get all its message, but uh, you can go on to RomeLifeForum.com and listen to all the messages given, all the talks given live. Yes, um, this is still um, uh, the Brazilian uh, Plinio Correa de Oliveira speaking. Yes, and this danger is closer than is usually imagined. However, no one pays attention to a fact of primordial importance as the world is modeled according to this sinister design, a profound and immense and indescribable uneasiness is overwhelming it. What a perfect description. Sometimes this uneasiness is unconscious and even when conscious is still vague and ill-defined. In any case, No one contests its existence. One would say that humanity is being violently forced into a mold that is not according to its nature and against which all the fibers of its existence writhes and resists, end quote. 
Father Clovis goes on to say, for the great majority of the world's population, the origin, cause, and purpose of the Wuhan pandemic is uncertain and widely disputed. However, it is certain that the fear generated is sufficient for the uninformed populace to unthinkingly agree to any proposal that seems to offer a plausible relief from this strange pandemic, which originated in communist China. As such, people are willing to embrace measures that infringe, limit, or even suspend or withdraw their civil and human rights. The recent appeal succinctly outlines some of these concerns. Excuse me, just a moment. I should say to you, when I take a sip of water, l'chaim, that's to life, l'chaim, <laughs> to life. Okay. Um, Father Clovis continues, the Wuhan virus has undoubtedly affected the whole world and provoked apocalyptic scenarios from which Catholics, and especially those who are poorly catechized, will hardly be immune. Yet for Catholics who are serious and informed about their faith, this is a grace-filled opportunity. The closure of our churches, even for private prayer and adoration, the cessation, cessation of access to all sacraments, and the token of Easter virtually celebrated is a wake-up call showing how easily life in the catacombs may return. While virtual masses and spiritual communions have offered some solace to practicing Catholics, it has also given them an insight of how our housebound elderly live out their faith. Reflecting on the text from 1 Peter, which says, For the time has come for judgment to begin with the householder of God, and if it begins with us, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? End quote. Archbishop Fulton Sheen explained that before the hand of God strikes the world, it always descends upon the church first. Likewise, St. John Eudas warned that a sign that God is angry with his people is when he allows them to fall into the hands of evil pastors, that sentence I'm going to repeat. St. John Eudes warned that a sign that God is angry with his people is when he allows them to fall into the hands of evil pastors. Here are the words from St. John Eudes. Quote, The most evident mark of God's anger and the most terrible castigation he can inflict upon the world are manifested when he permits his people to fall into the hands of clergy who are priests more in name than in deed, priests who practice the cruelty of ravening wolves rather than charity and affection of devoted shepherds. When God permits, that's a quote from St. John Hughes, when God permits such things, 
it is a very positive proof that he is thoroughly angry with his people and is visiting his most dreadful anger upon them. That is why he cries unceasingly to Christians, Return, O ye revolting children, and I will give you pastors according to my own heart. From Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 3. Thus, irregularities in the lives of priests constitute a scourge upon the people in consequence of sin, end quote. My goodness. Here we are feeling sorry for ourselves, for the trials we're going through, and the um, many poor shepherds that we have, uh, and God is saying that he gives us shepherds we deserve. Father Clovis now continues. He said, what is wrong with the church? Now listen up. Listen to this. What is wrong with the church? He says the answer to that question is found in a mirror. I, Father Clovis says, I am what is wrong with the church. You are what is wrong with the church. We are what is wrong with the church. We fail to take God's call to holiness seriously. According to the polls, the lifestyle of Catholics is indistinguishable from that of the worldlings. In regard to the moral law, Catholics and worldlings hold the same view, if not the practice of contraception, of divorce, of abortion, of homosexual activity, and of gender ideology. Worst of all is the fact that the Church's constant and authentic teaching and beliefs on the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, on the sacraments, on the Marian dogmas, and on the moral issues are either rejected by or or unknown to even practicing Catholics. I'm going to just give a little aside, beloved. We will never never be able to stand before God and say, my priest didn't teach me that, the bishops didn't teach that, or they taught the opposite. They taught against it. They taught false doctrine. We individually are accountable for our faith. What we believe and what we don't, what we say, what we do, and what we don't say and don't do. We need to stand before God um, uh, with either a clear conscience because we have followed his teachings or guilty because we have not. And we will be accountable. No one but us individually are accountable for our lives before God. If we have poor shepherds, they will be accountable to God. But we are accountable for the lives we live. Um, oh dear. Let me just try to get this one in. The sense of the sacred, which has always been the hallmark of Catholic worship, is lost. It is no longer possible to spend quiet time in prayer after Mass. The current behavior of the church goers, coupled with their noise level that follows the recessional hymn, matches that which one would expect at a sports event. Christ, if he is still present in the sanctuary, is no longer the focus of worship. The Wuhan pandemic, with the imposed isolation and seizure of our religious liberties, should induce us into self-reflection, which hopefully would impel us into lighting candles rather than cursing the darkness. 
We'll be right back after the break, beloved, and take your calls and your emails. Don't go away. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, and we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustained life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. The Terry and Jesse Show, weekdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network and heard around the world on the iCatholic Radio app. Hi, this is Terry Barber from The Terry and Jesse Show. Every week we bring you the gospel with clarity and charity. Be sure to tune in each week at 2 p.m. Eastern. We love it when you join the conversation at 888-526-2151. is Jesse Romero. I'm a retired Los Angeles cop. I'm a Catholic lay evangelist. You probably hear me Monday through Friday at the Terry and Jesse show. My new show on spiritual warfare is called Jesus 911. Every Saturday at noon. That's a soul patrol Catholic program where three cops on fire with our Catholic faith. You can hear this program around the world on the iCatholic radio app. Jesus 911. Saturdays at noon here on the station of the Cross Radio Catholic Network. God bless you. Keep the faith. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. I was just listening to that message from um, Jesse Romero, Soul Patrol. I think that is fantastic. Three policemen at noon doing Soul Patrol. I just love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, Jesse Romero and Terry Barber are are, uh, as fantastic as you can get. You can't get more Catholic than them. We have a call from Carmen. Hi, Carmen in California. uh, you're in California, right? I think I got a little mixed up here. Carmen, are you on the line? Okay, it's uh, I, I'm not able to hear Carmen. Um, so we're going to take an email from Ellen. Um, uh, it sounds like Carmen might be speaking in the background, but she's not uh, able to come through on the air. So um, I will take an email from Ellen, and then hopefully we can get the situation with Carmen uh, helped. The email, Ellen says, good morning, Mother. Recently, I have been very lonely since this pandemic began. To add insult to injury, 
My dog died. Aw, Ellen, I'm so sorry. And I have lost the only friend I had at that point. Do dogs have souls like human beings? And will we see them in heaven? Uh, Ellen, dogs do have souls because um, the soul is the principle of life. And even plants have souls. Every living thing has a soul. But their souls are not like our souls. They're not rational souls. Um, And so when we die, our souls are spirit and they kind of transcend our material uh, bodies. But uh, but the souls of dogs are not the same um, uh, as that. So I cannot tell you that you'll see your, your dog in heaven. I, I don't have that understanding at all, dear one. What I suggest, <clears throat> dear Ellen, is that I don't know your situation or at home, but if you, you gave your life and your love to your little friend, your little dog, and uh, of course, you can get another pet. Sometimes it's too soon to do that. But I would say, Ellen, you have gifts that God has given you. And I would find a way to give your gifts uh, for the uh, well-being and the salvation of souls. I would do that. Whether you, if you knit a crochet, you could crochet baby blankets for for um, um, uh, single women with children in homes, uh, there's so much that you can do to reach out to others. And when we begin to do that, the world uh, is our company. And we're, we're no longer lonely. We're lonely when we're kind of focused. Not because we're alone, but because we're kind of consumed with ourselves in our own lives. And that's understandable. But the only solution for that is to give your life away. Even if you're, if you don't have company, uh, I've spent many years alone, um, but I've never been lonely. You see, so because it's it's always a matter of of giving your life away to others, and then your life has purpose and meaning. So let me see if uh, Carmen. Um, okay, let me see. Car- Carmen, are you on the line now? Yes. Yes, oh, I now I you. now I hear you. All right, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to what? Yeah, uh, yeah. There, I'm in uh, California, and we started masses today for the first time. Okay. And of course, we have to wear masks, etc. Uh, but I'm I'm debating whether to receive communion because we can only receive it in the hand at my parish. If, if I can receive it, go to mass and just receive it spiritually. Yes, you can. Holy communion. Um, Yes, you can. Um, you can receive Holy Communion spiritually staying at home. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the same. Uh, you, it, it, it's a shame uh, that you have to wear a mask. Uh, that's, that's one point I'm making. Um, but um, uh, if, if there's no shoulds here, you do what you wish to do. If it were me, I would not go to Mass and not go up to receive communion. I would not do that. Um, okay. I would personally stay home and receive spiritual communion at home. Uh, that's me. I, I just don't want to be part of the desecration of the Holy Eucharist. So I would okay. not go. But you do You do what your heart most wants to do. There's no wrong or right here. Okay. Thank you. I needed to hear that. Thank you so much. All right, sweetheart. 
Thanks, Carmen. Um, let me see. Now, we have a question from Vicki, uh, who writes on Facebook, Unfortunately, we cannot do First Saturdays in our parish due to them using this Mass time at 8.30 a.m. for seniors to fulfill their Sunday obligation. So they do the reading for the Sunday Mass. Is this improper to do? Yes, it's improper to do. You can't have a Sunday Mass at 8.30 on Saturday. It's not Sunday. But you can't do that. You can The vigil comes from the Jewish um, division of days, which starts at sundown. So sundown to sundown is the Jewish reckoning of the day. Um, and that's why many parishes have Mass at 4 p.m. Uh, even 4 p.m. is a violation in many areas, especially in the summer when sundown doesn't come until 7. But... Um, uh, I won't say it's a violation in the Catholic Church. I, I, it would not count at all in Judaism. But um, you cannot have a Sunday Mass at 8.30 a.m. on Saturday. End of story. You can't. So it's it's not, they're going to Mass, but it's Saturday. They can have the Sunday readings, but it's a Saturday Mass. It's not a Sunday Mass. So... Um, this is an amazing thing, but uh, you could still go and take part of that Mass on the first Saturdays. Uh, you're still taking part in Mass, even if the readings are confused. Um, you can still do that, and I think our Lord would honor you for that. Or, again, you can stay home and um, uh, receive spiritual communion and pray the prayers and read the readings you would have prayed at Mass. It's, that's too bad, Vicky. Um, uh, that's the first I've heard of that. Um, okay, we have uh, Denise from Toronto on the line. Hi, Denise. Well, hello, Mother Miriam. How are you today? I am terrific. Um, did I meet you when I was in Toronto? No, you know what? On the day you came to Toronto, I went to Israel. Well, what are you, uh, now I'm jealous. Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember you coming, and I'm disappointed, but I hope to meet you one day. Well, I hope your trip to Israel was great. Oh, it was. It was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm calling today because I was actually quite distressed the past few days. Um, I, I went in Toronto. We still don't have our churches open at all. Mm-hmm. They're not not for prayer, not for adoration, even though... You know, other places have opened up. You can go it's to criminal. Stores. It's criminal. Yeah. It's not only against uh, God and his uh, teaching in the Catholic Church, but it is absolutely criminal. Just as you say, abortion clinics, you can murder people, but you can't worship God. I know. Go ahead, know. though, and, Denise. And so I, I went to see, um, no, I didn't see, I mean, I called up the archdiocese. I was, you know, I, we were hearing about how, well, the the churches were allowed to have parking lot services. So my my pastor said that they were told they were, weren't allowed to do that, and so I, I contacted. You know, after I was hoping to hear some news, but after not hearing anything for a week, I called the archdiocese. You know, just to ask. You know, what's happening? Is there any news? And they, I spoke to a priest, and just during our conversation, like um, I mean, just my my impression was that they're basically going to just be led by the health officials of our country and just do whatever they say without questioning it. And what 
troubled me. Sheep led to the slaughter. Not just sheep led to the slaughter, but shepherds led to the slaughter. Yeah, yeah, it was very, very passive, like a very passive approach. Like, you know, every... When I I mentioned the thing about, you know, well, you know, you can go to Costco and, you know, do whatever, you know, be standing beside someone and nobody cares, but we can't go to the church. And he said, well, you know, if you have an issue with that, you should, you know, he said, I agree with you, but you should contact your, you know, your politicians. Absolutely not. I said, can't you? (laughs) Yeah. And did he answer you? No, I didn't ask him that, to be honest. Uh, You wanted to, right. I was a little shocked. And then... Mm -hmm. And then I mentioned, I just made the comment, you know, Father, um, you know, it's strange that, to me, the safest place would be, is in front of the Blessed Sacrament in a church, but we can't do that, but we can go to Costco. And when I said that, he made the comment, he he stopped me and he said, well, why do you say that? Is it because there are less people or because Jesus is present? And I said, both. And so he said, well, to think that just because Jesus is present you're safe from the virus is very naive. Oh my and goodness. I was shocked. Twilight Zone. <laughs> I was, Twilight I, I Zone. Told him, yeah, I told him I disagree with you. With all due respect, Father, I disagree with you. I've, I've been, you know, through the situations where, you know, I, I didn't tempt God by jumping into danger, but, you know, I was in danger or, you know, and I said infection or something like that. And I said to Jesus, protect me, you know, and and he did. And, and you know, I was saying, you know, I've been with kids with lice in India and all sorts of diseases and, you know, very impoverished areas. And I said, I was fine. And then he just said, well, you you must be blessed then. <laughs> I don't know. I've been so disturbed by this comment. And, you know, he's not know. the only priest. I've heard some a priest on EWTN make some, say something similar. Wow. That I was just kind of like, what? You know, I, I just feel like we need to pray for a priest a lot. Well, we do. And the bishops. It's a loss of faith. It's a loss of faith, and I've mentioned um, uh, earlier this week that um, Cardinal Burke uh, it made it clear in his talk on the Rome Life Forum that uh, Sunday Mass um, is a divine law, and no bishop or priest can override that because they make themselves higher than God. No one can lift the Sunday obligation. No one has that right or that power, because it's not a human law, it's a divine law. And so we are all bound by that law. And as the law has always said, if there's a reason we cannot go, well, that's we're still bound by it, but there's a reason that would cause us to have to be excused, but we cannot, the, the obligation, is such as if we're very sick or something like that, but the obligation cannot be lifted. And um, you're describing... For for the church to give over bishops, priests, are um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They are shepherds, and they are given the sheep to give to he- to get to heaven, and they have turned over the faith and the flock to the wolves. They've turned us over to the secular world, and. Um, Father Clovis, in the article I was reading earlier, said now we can understand uh, how easily uh, the people in centuries past had to go into the, um, um, what's the underground, what am I thinking of, uh, 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 not conclaves, uh, the catacombs. Uh, this could This happens overnight. It's happening not because of the uh, Wuhan virus. It's not happening 
because of the unbelieving, unfaithful uh, government uh, or people in it. Um, it's happening because of our bishops who have given up the faith and turned their flock over to the to the wolves. There's no other way to say it. There's no other way to say it. You're right, Denise. There is no reason for abortion clinics and restaurants and Costco and liquor bars and liquor stores and everything else to be open and cra- and mosques, Muslim mosques are crowded. No one says a word. But our bishops have turned us in, and it is, uh, it is an awful, awful thing. They have betrayed the faith, they betrayed the faithful, and all I could say is they've lost the faith themselves. They're, they don't have to answer the government, but they do have to answer to God. I'm so sorry, Denise, but this is the time we're living in. Pray for those priests, pray for those bishops. And of course, there's our music. We're going to have to go to a break, dear one. Thanks for your call. Keep the faith and um, receive our Lord spiritually. God bless you, Denise. We'll be right back, each one. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have a full 10 minutes, and uh, our lines are wide open. If you'd like to call in toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or text at that number, uh, or email at mother at um, the station of the cross dot com. We're going to take an email from Greg, who writes, Good morning, Mother. <clears throat> not... Um, not time ago, I think it mean he probably means some time ago, someone thought it would be funny to tear my rosary out of my hand as I was walking down the street, minding my own business. Ah, Of course, after that, my rosary was completely ruined. Would it still be usable even if it was broken apart? Yes, dear Greg, it's still usable. Um... You could probably bring it into any uh, little repair service. Uh, you know, uh, you can just anyone that repairs jewelry or watches or, you know, it's at Walmart or Costco or, you know, bigger places usually have someone to handle that. And they could probably put that back in shape for you. But it's absolutely still usable. I'm sorry that happened to you, Greg. Uh, But I will tell you that we have um, some extra rosaries here in our Priory in Tulsa. And if you wish, email me. uh, Go on the website, motherofisraelshope.org, and email us with your address, and we will mail a brand new rosary to you. And if you have a a special color or a special uh, um, saint... Or a special kind of rosary, tell me what kind your, yours is, and we'll see if we have one just like it. Okay, uh, God bless you, Greg, but it's absolutely still usable. Don't you worry about that. Um, okay. Nicole uh, writes, saying, good morning, Mother. I heard Marissa's story about how she was scandalized by Catholic or a Catholic organization, and yet she and her husband were still able to raise their children in the faith. In light of her email, how do you talk to a doubting teen, especially when he or she gets mad at a Catholic organization that has brought him or her great pain? To begin with, I would say, if I were you, I wouldn't go back to that Catholic organization. There's no reason anyone needs to go back to any organizations that, that has brought them great pain. So that's certainly number one. Um, I would also explain um, a, a statement of Frank Sheed, great, great apologist of a couple centuries ago. And he said, the church is the cause. <clears throat> Hold on a moment. <clears throat> The church is the cause of the holiness of its members, but its holiness is not determined by their response. I'll repeat that. The church is the cause of the holiness of its members. If I'm holy, it's because of the grace I've received from God through his church. But if I'm sinful... That doesn't determine the holiness of the church. The church is holy because the church, despite its members, uh, clergy and faithful and lay members and everyone, the church is holy. The members are not necessarily holy, Um, but it's not to fault the church. There are members of the church, people, organizations 
that uh, are very unprofitable, and we try to stay away from those, which is fine. So I would uh, sympathize with your teen, and I would say, you know, find out the reason he or she gets mad, um, uh, why she's he or she have been brought great pain, and try to help the teen with that. Try to help them with that. Um, and then again, uh, you can go to a different church, different organization. Um, no one is bound to repeat, uh, repeatedly go into a environment that is going to um, uh, rob them of peace and joy and their Catholic faith. We had... Um, We do have a call from Mary from Ithaca. Hi, Mary. Oh, hello, dear. How are you? I'm terrific, Mary. How are you? Oh, good. And I love listening to you, my dear. Oh, blessed be God. And I got to tell you, I have a Jewish daughter-in-law that's more Christian than my other two put together. Oh, (laughs) what do you know? You see? She's so sensitive, so caring, and so loving. When, well, I called with a question, and I don't know if we'll have time for you to answer, but I was calling about yesterday. I love Our Lady of Fatima, and she really converted me years back. Oh, beautiful. Uh, and I, um, I heard that in one of her apparitions, she said that, um, uh, uh, that uh, some nations will be annihilated. That's right. And I read Revelation, and there's no mention of Western civilization. There's no so, mention of any civil, any Eastern or Western so you in Revelation. We might be annihilated before our Lord comes again? Yep. Yep. That's right. Nations well, will be... A, all, uh, what our nation is doing, you know, abortion... We deserve to be annihilated. You're right, Mary. Same-sex marriages... Same um, abor- uh, embryonic stem cell research, only yeah. assisted suicide and infanticide yeah, in our right. state with Como that you can kill a baby if it's That's born right. alive. Yeah, it's insane. It's absolutely, it's insane, Mary. And we, if we have asked to be annihilated and utterly destroyed, uh, the, the, the sins of this nation have been crying out to heaven for a long time. God will put up with us, but I hope there's enough good people that maybe we can stop these offenses, you know. Well, that's what Abraham said to God. What if there's only 10? And God said, okay, if there's 10, I won't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, but there weren't even 10. So it's... um, And I love this country. We were founded in God. We trust. I know. I know, but this nation no longer trusts in God, but there are people who do, and uh, just as the people of Nineveh were able to avert God's anger by repenting, it is the only way that we would not be destroyed, by repenting and returning to God, and there's no sign of that at the moment. They want, oh God, have mercy on my country that is offending you. That's right. all these offenses because they offend you, my God, That's who are right. all good and deserve Worthy of all our love. That's right. That's and right, Mary. And help me do whatever I can 
to bake good come from this country that I love. We were yeah. founded in God we trust. I know. And in the meantime, you tell your good daughter-in-law, your Jewish daughter-in-law, that the most Jewish thing she could ever do is to become Catholic. There's no greater Jew than a Catholic. When we go visit, I do have to do my prayers and prayers. I can't go to bed unless I say my rosary. Mm -hmm. And she asked me one night about my prayers, you know, and I told her how I started 1979, because my first child was going to a public high school, Mm -hmm. and they all went to Catholic school to eighth grade, and I promised our blessed mother I wouldn't go to bed unless I say my rosary, but you've got to take care of my children, keep them close to your son. Well, you tell your daughter-in-law when she asks you about your prayers that they are the prayers of a Jewish mother, that's blessed mother, they are the prayers of a Jewish mother who knows how to homeschool her children. That You tell her that's what the rosary is. All right, dear Mary, we've got to go, sweetheart. There's our closing music. And we'll be with all of you tomorrow. Um, keep the faith, dear ones. Don't let the unfaithful discourage you. Draw near to God and let's make penance, do penance for the reparation of the sins of this country. God bless you.